Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a living clean study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, Living Clean. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide a commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then our participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions, and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. This meeting is being recorded. Uh, welcome back, everyone. This is the Living Clean Study for the Anonymous Podcast. This is episode 62. Uh, we're going to begin on page 222, Living Our Principles. But first, we're going to give our introductions. Jennifer W., what's happening? Hi, everyone. My name is Jennifer, and I'm an addict. My clean date is November 27th, 1992. I attend meetings in the greater Sacramento area, and my home group is The Journey Within. Thanks, Jennifer. What's up, Lisa? Hello, I'm Lisa. I'm an addict. My clean date is February 25th, 2012. I attend meetings in Central Western PA, and my home group is Monday Night Miracles in Meadville. Thanks, Lisa. What's happening, Barb? Hey, Douglas. My name's Barbar. I live in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. My clean date is 10-4-95, and my home group is Open Mind, the hybrid meeting, 7-30 Monday out of New Orleans. Thanks, Barb. What's up, Jane A? Hey, Douglas. My name's Jane, and I live in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. My clean date is December 22nd, 1979, and I attend meetings in the Salem area. Home group is the Thursday noon basic tech study. Thanks, Jane. What's happening, Lee? Hey, Douglas. Lee P. Uh, clean date, August 27, 1987. Home group, um, open mind, hybrid meeting, and I live in New Orleans. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Lee. What's up, Eva? Hi, everybody. Eva P. Addict. I live in Salem, Oregon. Uh, my clean date is June 10, 2000, and my home group is the Do It Hard meeting. All right. Thanks, Eva. And we have two guests this evening, folks. Jessica, what's happening? Hey, Doug. My name is Jessica. Um, I attend, my clean date is July 2nd, 2017. I attend meetings in the Suncoast area, and my home group is Friday Night Cleaning Bradenton, Florida. All right, welcome. Thanks, Jessica. What's up, Darren? Hey, my name is Darren R. My clean date is July 1st, 2011. I attend meetings in the Contra Costa area of Northern California, and my home group is a hybrid meeting called Early Serenity Men's Meeting. All right, welcome. Thanks, Darren. Hi, folks. And I'm Addict. Name's Douglas. I go clean March 12, 2000 in Southwestern PA, and I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. All right, here we go. Living Clean Study for the Anonymous Podcast. This is episode 62. We're going to begin on page 222 with Living Our Principles. And Jennifer W. is going to facilitate. Take it away, Jen. Thanks, Douglas. I have asked Barb uh, to start us off reading our first two paragraphs. Thanks, Jen. Living Our Principles. Understanding is important, but it doesn't help much without application. We apply the principles and we apply effort. We, have, we apply ourselves to changing our perspective in our lives. When things get difficult, it can be easy to forget that we already have a life we love and enjoy. 
We don't have to deny reality to have hope or gratitude. We feel what we feel and we do the footwork anyway. We learn not to take our emotions quite so seriously. My feelings aren't facts, said a member, but I still feel them. When we choose not to look through the lens of resentment and entitlement, we can see the world as it is and find beauty in it, even when it's challenging. Each day is filled with opportunities, either to escape reality or to show up and live. Each of us works our program differently, and it changes for each of us over time. It might mean that we are writing, that we are writing, serving, attending meetings, or just that we are practicing a conscious contact with our higher power. Whatever it means for us, we have a responsibility to walk our talk. The idea that if you want what we have, do what we do, has no expiration date. And I like that. That's what I told. But that's what I was told. If you want what I have, do what I do. And um, there was a, a lot of stuff in there that I, I like that we feel we do the footwork anyway. You know, that's what I was told. You, you do the footwork, then you turn over the results, you know. And um, I like this last line. Each day is filled with opportunities, either to escape reality or to show up and live. You know, and when I came in here, that's what I was good at, escaping reality. And I was just talking to somebody about this, about how, um, you know, reality can still be ugly, but today I can face it, you know, and I can walk through it and I can try to um, change. My sponsor always says, be the change you want to see in the world. So I try to change my little part. You know, it used to be these, these grandiose ideas. And if I couldn't do it all, then I'm not going to do it, you know, at all. And um, today it's, it's just, you know, I'm my little piece of the world. I'm right-sized, you know, and it's my little piece of the world. And, and, and um, change, be the change I want to see in my little piece of the world. So I'm tired. I had a busy day today. I was off, busy day, living life on life's terms. And that's pretty cool, you know. So um, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Barb. Lee, come on in. Thanks, Jen, um, and thanks, Bob, for your comments. I'm, I'm tired, too, um, and I kind of laughed out loud at this one part where it says, uh, we are writing, serving, attending meetings, or, or just that we are practicing conscious contact. I'm, I'm like, fuck, I do all of that every day, and... and <laughs> And I'm having some some reality situations going on that are still kind of kicking my ass. Um, my sponsor died three days before my 35th anniversary, and and I'm not right, and 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 I'm okay, you know, for 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 our listeners, it's okay to not be okay. And and last week Douglas said something, and it really stuck with me, like. And I've lived in other other places. I've lived in the UK and, and Europe, and I've been to Iraq and Iran and Lebanon and places all over the world. Um, but in America, we're the only country where the right to happiness is in there. You know, it's in our our, our rights to uh, to to be happy. And 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 this it says it right here. Uh, my feelings aren't facts, but I still feel them, and so. My world is just this whole world of, of, of one minute I'm okay. And then I, you know, somebody says something and, 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 and anger like boils in me and, and inside feels like burnt or 
torched or scorched. And, and then I have to like reel it in. Like I was at this huge social gathering last night and it was wonderful. And probably like six times I had to like just check myself, smile real politely and just turn around and walk away because, because that's become a spiritual principle during this, this period of my recovery. Someone gave me a book last weekend. I was at a service symposium Thursday through Sunday up in uh, uh, Jackson, Mississippi, loving and living your way through grief. And I'm doing it. I'm like, like I don't do enough stuff with prayer, meditation, journaling, step work, tradition work, concept work. You know, like that's not enough. Now I got a new book, guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, and like I said, right before we got started, the SWAT team is six blocks up my street. And so part of me is saying, yeah, let's, just, let's let the shit pop off. And Douglas, I'm sure this is really not good for, for the podcast, but it's how I feel right now. It's how I feel. Like I want to get in the shit. You know what I mean? I just want to, I just want to get in it. And, and I know that's not right. And uh, I have a responsibility to walk my talk. So I'm probably not going to do nothing. And, and, and that's been a redeeming quality given to me by the program and the college synonymous thanks thanks for sharing lee eva you're up next thanks jennifer i um there's a there's a lot of stuff that i like in this but i'm going to talk about when we choose not to look through the lens of resentment and entitlement we can see the world as it is and find beauty in it even when it's challenging and this weekend well before this weekend just a couple of days before the I went to a convention, CNW uh, 45, and um, a couple days before um, the convention, one of my sponsees calls me and says, hey, I, I want to talk to you about something. And I'm like, okay. And she started sponsoring this girl that um, used to be married to um, my stepson. And this girl did me dirty, like bad. But she was loaded. You know what I mean? And um I mean bad and she's like I want to know if this girl can ride with you and maybe stay with you she doesn't have a ride or a place to stay <sighs> and I'm like you know what yeah I'll give her a ride I'll take her to the convention because I've done the work and I talk I talk the talk I walk the walk right like if I'm in a I'm forgiving I'm loving and, uh, and I'm not saying this to brag, but it's just like, you know, people say all the time, if you come into a meeting and you need help, I'll be there for you. And I hear people say it all the time, but I don't see it happen all the time. And so I, uh, I called, I said, give her my number. And she calls me and she's like, are you sure you want me in your first thing she says? And I said, girl. I'm, I'm, I mean, we're going to a convention. This is a thing about recovery. This has nothing to do with what happened in the past. You need, you know, you need to see what this life is all about. And this is what we do. You know, and she's got six months clean and she's doing this deal. And um, so we picked her up and we took her and, um, you know, at first I wanted to be like, are you freaking kidding me? You're asking me to do what? But then everything that recovery ever taught me was like, you got to take her. This is your opportunity to give back what was so freely given to you by people who didn't even 
necessarily like you, you know? And so, um, you know, what happened was a lot of healing and um, I found the beauty even when it was challenging and um, she got to make a little bit of amends, you know, in her own little way. And I'm like, girl, this, that's not even what this is about. Like, I'm just enjoying watching you get the most out of this convention, get the most out of this recovery, hear that you need to work the steps, hear that, you know, when see what you need to do different this time. And, um, and, and I got to learn a lot about what I need to do different in recovery by doing this. And, um, ooh, my heart grew, you know? So uh, that's what I got out of that line right there. Thank you. Thank you, Eva. Lisa. Man, big hearts all the way around tonight. Um, I, I really love what Lee said, I guess, kind of about, you know, feeling like the world is upside down. And sometimes, um, you know, when we don't know what to do, maybe the best thing to do is nothing. Um, you know, I struggle with that sometimes. And I think for me that that doing nothing when I'm stressed out reflects like my third step and trust that like my higher power is going to work that shit out if I just sit with it. Um, you know, and I like this first paragraph tonight, um, because like where I got clean, like there was kind of this attitude of like, fuck your feelings, right? Like my feelings aren't facts, but I still feel them, but fuck your feelings, right? Because like we stay clean regardless of what we're feeling and an emotion isn't an excuse to get loaded. Um, but a lot of this reading kind of hits me with like where I'm at right now in my own step work and my own process, um, you know, the last like year or so I've been working really hard to heal, like some relational trauma stuff. And, you know, I love this piece about when it gets difficult, it can be easy to forget that we already have a life we love and enjoy. Um, because usually like, that's the moment where like, I'm so comfortable that I need to create a problem, right? Cause I haven't had one in a while, like life is good. And I don't always know how to have that. Um, so sometimes like, I'm the one who causes those, those negative feelings and the resentment and entitlement because I put my own, like, I'm really hard on myself. I'm harder on myself than I am on anyone else. But then like, I project that onto like my other relationships and I have this tendency to expect myself from people sometimes, um, you know, and then when they don't like stack up to my unrealistic expectation, I'm, I'm pissy. I'm resentful. I'm entitled. I'm, you know, well, you should have done this thing or you shouldn't have done that thing. Um, you know, and it's really been kind of an opportunity for me to take a step back and look at like, no, like I need to surrender some of that control. I need to breathe for a second just because I feel something doesn't mean I have to continually bring it up. If it's a hurt piece, um, you know, I can reach out to women instead of lashing out at my partner. Um, you know, I really have been given a lot of opportunities lately to avoid that escaping reality. Cause that's all I'm doing. Like, I don't have to use today, but I, I, you know, I tell the women that I sponsor a drug is a drink is a cookie is a man, right? Like I can still act out in a lot of other ways that have nothing to do with using, um, you know, and like, I have a responsibility, like it says, we have a responsibility to walk our talk you know, I'm not just writing on steps. I have to apply them in my life because I was also taught where I got clean, like awareness means I'm responsible for change. Um, you know, and I, I heard somebody at a speaker jam recently say, if it's everybody else's fault, I don't get better until they change. 
Um, and I, that's not a position I want to sit in today. I don't want my recovery to be contingent on other people changing, you know, that whole serenity prayer piece that only, you know, I, I'm really only able to control myself and how much I get out of this program. And I prefer to do that by living the program. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Lisa. Really appreciate everybody so far tonight. I just wanted to say one quick thing, and then we'll go to the next couple paragraphs. That last sentence in the second paragraph, the idea that if you want what we have, have to do, we have do what we do has no expiration date. And this is really important um, for me specifically. I won't talk about anybody else, but as somebody that's been around the program for a minute, it's really possible for me to get fully ego and not be teaching anymore because this translates to me be teachable right and um recovery has allowed me a lot of opportunities and i've gotten a lot of stuff and by stuff i mean like inside stuff you know integrity and you know all of those things you know grace you know some dignity today you know um and some principles you know like it talks about in this piece about it not having an expiration date means that i still have to do the same exact things that i did when i got here the only difference for me today is the way that I experience them and the way that they happen for me are different, you know? And, um, you know, when I got here, I hung around people that were clean because I didn't know how to stay clean, you know? And then as time lapsed on, like if I wanted to become a person that was a productive member of society, I used to talk to people like, I don't, I didn't know how to show up for work. I got fired from my first job in recovery because I called in sick for, because I wasn't sick. You know what I mean? Like that happens. And so I continue today when there's things in my life that are happening, the way that I do what other people do is I have to ask, right? So that teachable piece really comes into play today. I don't ever want to be in a place where I'm not teachable because I can tell you that it's not very pleasant for me. So I can imagine it's really unpleasant for everyone else. So with that, um, oh, Darren, you want to jump on in? Yeah, I just wanted to share something really quick. Um, in that second paragraph where it talks about we have a responsibility to walk our talk, um, something that stood out for me is that, um, you know, I've recognized, um, especially with sponsees or people that are new in the program, um, I find myself giving suggestions, you know, this is what worked for me, this is what worked for me, you know, I pray every day, I meditate every day, and then I recognize, like, you don't do that every day. <laughs> So it's important for me to recognize that I'm giving information that may or may not be accurate, you know, and so I'm humbling myself when I say to them, you know, that is what is suggested, but it doesn't mean that I'm perfect every day. I don't pray every day before I get out of bed, but I suggest that because it works when I do it. Um, so, you know, like setting an example um isn't so much about being perfect uh, perfect it's about being humble and, and acknowledging you know that that i'm not perfect you know I, I know what i've learned and what works and if i suggest that with a caveat that you know what i'm not always perfect at it you know then i might hear that enough times to go you know what i might need to step up my game about that kind of practice so um that's it for me thanks Thanks, appreciate you sharing. Hey, Jane, you wanna read the next couple of paragraphs for us? Okay, I'd be happy to. They're long kind ones. of long ones too, yeah. so lots of information. The awareness that we can always get better brings its own freedom. We can see the changes in our lives and in our thinking, and we know that recovery works for us. The more we know that, the more we can see what still needs to be done. 
We have ideas about what our lives are supposed to look like by now, and we shame ourselves for not being there. We don't have to get caught up in ideas of where we should be. This is an issue in early recovery, but it comes back as we get some clean time. A member who was homeless on his 20th anniversary was ashamed to celebrate. What have I got to show the newcomer, he asked. That you can stay clean no matter what, came the reply. Acceptance frees us to share honestly about our lives without feeling that we have to fit into a model or be anyone other than who we are. Serenity doesn't mean that we don't experience dramatic events. It gives us the clarity of mind to go through them. No matter what happens, we can remain whole and joyful at our core. Our understanding of the steps deepens and we start to see the possibilities they offer in new ways. The more we trust, the more our eyes are opened. We are no longer so focused on what is wrong with us. We start to shift our attention to the assets we have and the hope we can see for ourselves. When we can separate hope from wishing or expectation, it stops feeling like such a setup. More and more, we are driven by hope rather than fear. The gratitude we feel grows from a relief at not having to use today to genuine appreciation for our lives as they are and as they can be. When we put gratitude into action, we see the world differently. A member shared, my touch has come back. My smell and taste are alive. My children and grandchildren run into my arms and are safe there. People who come into my life go away with something good. The sense of wonder we experience in our own lives as if we were seeing them for the first time brings an array of feelings. Our hearts break for the harm we have caused while at the same time, we are filled with joy and gratitude for the gift of recovery. Deep stuff there, huh? Yeah. And I can shoot on myself on any given day, believe me, of where I should be and where I could be. I remember that probably three or four weeks before my recovery date and two or three weeks after my recovery date, I used to go get into a real big funk over where I should have been and could have been and wasn't. And um, sometimes it revived me to do another set of steps. And sometimes it just <laughs> made me be mad at me for a while. But um, that's kind of evened out as the more and more I read this book and the more and more I listen to other people that we're all kind of just humans. And, uh, and I don't always like being just human, you know. I'm, I'm always shooting for perfection there. Um, so I, but I really love the fact that if I can stay in the gratitude, the gratitude we feel grows from relief at not having to use today and a genuine appreciation for our lives. When I'm into that gratitude and, and the positive of the day, I do really good. You know, I'm kind of touching on what Lee said, you know, I can get a real kick in the stomach from time to time and, and still feel down about that while appreciating the life that I have today. Uh, you know, recently I had uh, my grandson got out of prison and came home and um, he's not acting right. He's not making right decisions and he's not asking for my opinion about it either. <laughs> and I think I have more trouble with him not asking about my opinion <laughs> than I do anything else, you know. But my sponsor said, keep your mouth shut, keep your mouth shut. 
And uh, so sometimes I have to go in the bathroom and my tongue bleeds a little bit from keeping my mouth shut because um, it's his life, not mine. And uh, and I think that's that part about the, the walk and the talk. If I'm allowing other people to have their lives in the recovery the way they're having their lives in recovery, then I got to stay out of it unless asked. You know, uh, and no side comments, you know, little neck shots here and there either. So I, uh, I the other thing on in that, because I'm a little slow on the, on the comebacks is uh, uh, we feel what we feel. And I used to think feelings lasted forever. They lasted forever and they were knee jerk. I just went with whatever those feelings were and they were going to last forever. And it was wonderful when my sponsor said, no, uh, feelings are not forever and they'll pass and another feeling will come along and another feeling will come along. And somewhere in, I don't know, the 10th set of steps or the 20th set of steps, I don't know, but I lost my fear of fear and I lost my fear of hurting. And um, uh, so I still get the first knee jack reaction, but I don't have to destroy my life and move to Tennessee behind those feelings. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with what I, somebody on the podcast said not too long ago about, I just train my feet. You know, I go to my meetings, I do my writing, I do my prayers, I talk to my sponsor, I develop a relationship with my sponsor. Uh, uh, and when that shit hits the fan, I already know what to do. I already know what to do. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to train. I'm already trained my feet to show up where it was supposed to show up. And because of that, I've gotten through some tough times uh, in recovery. Um, but none of those tough times would be anything. Like if I was using, those tough times would have been very, very different endings. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks so much, Jane Douglas. Thanks, Jennifer. Uh, yeah, the, the, these are all real good. And I, I really appreciate the shares. I feel like I say this every week, but man, it's just so nice to start off with. And Lee, I just have to tell you, man, it gives me so much hope and just, it's just a nice way, man, to make a spirit, the spirit connection, you know, because a lot of times I think like we wear this, this armor of saying, look, man, I'm clean a long time. I'm not going through shit. And to talk about, you know, having at the, you know, where you're at, but you're staying here. And we still love you, even if you go get into some shit up the street, <laughs> like, like we're still here with you, man. you know, but the fact, you know, pushing through, it's just, it, it gives me a lot of hope, man. And, it, and what it does, it, it gives me permission to say, hey, look, you know, here's where I'm at. Huh. Here's what I'm feeling, you know, and, and, and staying clean through it. So thanks for that. And, and uh, look, I, I, I want to make this comment here where it talks about just this last part with Jane read the member shared, you know, how the touches come back and she's talking about her grandkids and stuff like this. Look, this last week, let me tell you real quick. This last week, man, I had the opportunity. I had to go into this second grade classroom for something. And um, and do you know, uh, I got eight hugs by second graders. Three at one time. And that's a help when you're fat. You could hug three second graders like at one time. And then and then like five more, like one, one at a time. <clears throat> Hug me. It Listen, I'm telling you, at, driving home after that, my heart was full, man. It was just, it was just really, it was a really, and then what leaving one little boy said he wanted to paper cut me. So that was weird. That was like a different, you know, he'll be here probably in a, in, in 10 years or so. We'll probably, you know, anyway, but that was awesome. And that was a cool thing. It's like, you know what, in, 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 
and I'm in touch. I'm in touch with who I am, and I'm kind of in, in, and I'm trying to to look and see where the HP is showing up in my life today, man. Because check this out. It says I, I no longer focus the, the top of that paragraph that I'm referencing. I don't have to focus on what's wrong with me. I can start to shift my. If I'm looking, if for right now until I go to sleep tonight, if I have my eye peeled about every fucked up thing in my life, I could write a book on it. Fuck this and fuck you and this and that and it. The same is true of the opposite, man. The awakening of my spirit is like, hey, from here until I go to sleep tonight, I'm going to look and see how, how, how's the HP working through Barb in my life tonight? How's the HP working through Eva in my life tonight? This and that, everything I, how's the HP working through? Man, that's a change in my perspective right there. And then pretty soon I don't start to say, oh man, I hate my life and I hate everybody in it. Then, then I can have this awakening of my spirit and say, you know what, man? I'm grateful that I'm clean today. I'm grateful I can hear people talking about it and my spirit responds to it. And it's an awakening of my spirit. Last comment I'm going to make is on page 223. I have it underlined and <clears throat> highlighted and I put stars on it. It says right here that you can stay clean no matter what. And for me, folks, I'm if the old timers would have told me, Doug, it's a coin flip. You could do everything that we're saying and it's a coin flip. If you'll stay clean, I would have went and got high right then and there. If it could be fucked up, I'll fuck it up. They said, man, look, we have the, the, the programs here. Do what we do. We'll show you every step of the way. Shut the fuck up and do it. They gave me, like, like, I, like, I didn't question that. I didn't question that the program worked. Like, they're, they're, you, you know how the, our, our one friend talks about, like, their 12th step was married to my first step. It overlaps with my first step. Man, they live that out. I have the responsibility to, to, to be what they were to me. I had that responsibility to be that to others. You know, I'm going to go ahead and pass. Thanks, Douglas. There's this, this, the two sentences that tie together for me were, you know, when we put gratitude into action, we see the world differently. Right. And that's my experience. Right. And, and I, I've heard a couple people say it, like I can have big shit going on in my life and I can still be grateful. I don't have to like everything that's going on today or yesterday or tomorrow, whatever day it is, and say, you know, I'm not grateful. I am grateful. I just don't like what's going on right now, but I'm grateful that I get to experience it and walk through it. And when it talks about, you know, later in that paragraph, the sense of wonder we experience in our own lives as if we were seeing it for the first time, the only way I get to experience that is to show up for my life, whether it's good, whether it's bad, and whether I have a sense of gratitude for where I am today. I cannot see that if, you know, Doug talked about, you know, if everything I about me is shit and my life is shit, never, ever am I going to have that sense of wonder. Paul talks about it a lot, about having that sense of wonder. And that piece for me, um, you know, recently in, in, in the last probably 18 months, I've really had a whole new, fresh experience with that. Um, but, you know, on the heels of some really, you know, un painful, uncomfortable and, 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 and shit that, you know, isn't really fun to experience in life. And so it's like looking back at it now and seeing it, um, you know, and, and they say this and, 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 and I believe it to be true, you know, grateful addicts stay clean. We don't use, you know, we have something to look forward to. As long as I have something in my life, I'm willing to look, you know, that I'm looking forward to or something that I can look at and go, this is good in my life today. And I'm really happy that I have that. Like, I'm going to stay clean, you know. Um, so with that, we will go to the next two paragraphs. Jessica, do you want to read for us? Awesome. 
Um, it is such a relief to be able to feel good again. Even pain is okay sometimes. It helps. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Um, it helps us to feel human, but sometimes it feels like we don't have our hand on the emotional volume knob. When I started to feel, I had no control over my emotions, member, a member shared. I learned different ways to deal with them over time. My sponsor taught me to name my feelings and had me create a written list of healthy things I could do when I was emotional. Our feelings won't consume us, even though it sometimes feels like they might. At some level, it really doesn't matter what we feel. What matters is what we do. We no longer have to act on impulses and emotions. We can make choices in our lives today about what we do and how we respond. We may still get depressed or frightened or angry, but our feelings don't have to take possession of us anymore. When we realize we've survived every emotion we've ever had, we start to believe that we are going to be all right, even when we don't feel all right. Our best lessons often come by looking back at our own bad behavior. Our regret helps us to find compassion for others and a sense of possibility for our new way of life. Getting some perspective means that we can put a little distance between our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions. Our feelings won't kill us, but denying them might. It's usually when we're trying to avoid a feeling that we act out, creating damage and confusion to divert our attention. Admitting our feelings, even when we're judging ourselves for having them, is one way we practice honesty. I have a bunch of stuff highlighted on this section because like the tr my whole life, I never talked about how I felt, but I always acted out on how I felt all the time. Like I was so ashamed of it, but I would act on a bunch of bad behaviors because of it too. And I don't know why that seemed acceptable, but like I constantly created my own reality. So I really didn't know what it looked like not to act on those feelings. Um, and I was thinking it a lot when we were sharing before this, like it wasn't until, and not even when I first got clean really, because when I first got clean, I just felt like a raw nerve. So like I was acting on emotions that I had never even really let myself experience before. So like I had a lot of anger when I got here. Um, I had been in an abusive relationship for almost four years and kept my mouth shut for a really long time about that. And I learned how to just keep everything bottled up and act out in stupid little ways that might be a little bit more acceptable. So when I got here, man, I was mad, like I was mad and I had so many feelings and I had no way of getting rid of them. Um, but I was really ashamed of that anger too, because everybody that had ever hurt me in my life had that same rage. And now here I was and I couldn't control it, you know, um, and the longer I stayed here, the more like I was able to kind of not act on it. And then slowly over time, you know, you work the steps and like, I was able to look at my defects. And at first, I don't think it's like we say, like peeling back the, the layers of the onion, because I don't even think I was ready to be fully honest with myself that maybe I had always been angry, like my entire life. <laughs> that rage was not new to me. I just had been pretending to be something I wasn't for so long that I was not in touch with how I felt, you know. And so I'm grateful because what recovery gave me were people in my life that like, let me say how I was feeling about stuff. And even when I felt a lot of shame about those things, I was met with so much acceptance. And maybe that really started with me hearing other people talk about things that I would be into, too embarrassed to say out loud. But when they said it, I related to it. And I was like, I had empathy for them, you know? 
and maybe without even realizing it slowly, I was turning that on myself. You know, a lot of things for me, I wish I could say I could identify every single moment that change has occurred for me in this program. But unfortunately, most of the time I look back and I'm like, oh, how did I get like this? I don't remember this happening, you know. Um, but yeah, so like my, some of my favorite parts is where it says at some level, it really doesn't matter what we feel. What matters is what we do. Like what I have learned through recovery is I shouldn't act when I'm too happy or too sad or too angry. Like any of those emotions, if I'm taking an action based off of those, I'm going to do some crazy shit. Like I have been in a really good, positive, grateful place before and done some dumb stuff out of that, you know, but like what recovery has done is like allowed me to pause no matter what it is. If I have this feeling that's overwhelming, like I just sit in it for a minute and I can let myself do that today. I do not have to act on those things. And when I'm feeling a lot of shame and like bad feelings, I have two or three people that I can call and tell them the ugliest thoughts that I would just not probably share at a meeting, to be honest. And they every single time will probably laugh a little bit at me, which sometimes I need because I just need to not take myself so seriously all the time. And like most of the time, they're going to tell me, I love you. And now what do we do about it? You know, because like I want the why all the time. Like, why am I like this? Why do I feel like this? And I don't always come to that. You know, I didn't even come to all the whys when I did the steps, but like what I do know today is like what to do next. And I know how to get into the solution and maybe the why will come to me at some point. And, you know, if it even matters, the longer I stay here, the less it does, honestly, to me, like, um, I don't know how long it's been, but I'll just wrap it up with this part. When they, you guys were sharing earlier, I kept thinking about like, um, like it feels like a superpower, what recovery has given me, like the ability to keep my side of the street clean even when I'm looking at other people and I think they should be doing it better. <laughs> I don't have to act on that today. Like, unfortunately, love is not the first place my brain wants to go to, but that is what I act on today. Even when I have 50 really unloving thoughts before that action. Um, so I'm grateful because I have like a really simple way to just not be my own worst enemy and make a bunch of wreckage. And it's like spiritual principles today. And I just never, it was not something I ever had before I found this program. And it does keep me clean because it keeps my life simple. And I am grateful for what I have. And I'm, I have people that I'm accountable to on a daily basis because of it. So um, thank you for letting me share. Thanks so much, Jessica. Lisa. Jess, I'm about to play that me too card sister because I relate so hard to the things you just shared. Um, I think I have most of those two paragraphs highlighted myself, um, you know, and like that line about like my sponsor taught me to name my feelings and have me create a list of healthy things I could do when I was emotional. Like that was almost verbatim an assignment I was given way back when. And I had to like pop open my flat book and find like on page 35 and in, in the fourth step, there's like this feelings header where there's like seven questions about how do I identify my feelings? What do I have trouble allowing myself to feel? Why have I tried to shut it off? I remember looking at that the first time and being like, fuck that whole section, because I don't know how to identify. Like I literally had to learn my feelings kind of backwards. Like I was asked by, um, my second sponsor, actually, she said, where do you feel it in your body and what color is it? And like, that was the most emotionally intelligent I could be 
you know, with like a couple of years clean, I still didn't know. She asked me like, how do you know that you're angry? I didn't know. I just was. Um, and, you know, I think like you said, that rage had been with you for a long time. I think I really relate to that because some of those more like ugly, um, like acting out relate or um, acting out emotions, um, I used to protect myself, right? Those were like the emotions that I used to keep people at arm's length. If I can blow up on you, I can start a fight with you. I can keep you away. I can keep you from seeing too close. And those things kept me safe. And then after a while in recovery, um, I started to learn that like those behaviors and feelings didn't serve me anymore. Um, and at the core of it, I think like I've learned was fear, you know, the fear of being vulnerable and possibly being hurt again. And, um, you know, I did a lot of acting out. Um, and honestly, like I still do in a lot of ways, you know, I think you were kind of hitting on like that first thought wrong thing. And like, you know, 50 thoughts later, like there's some days I take 75 thoughts later, you know, um, because I do still act out on those emotions. I don't do it perfectly. Um, you know, and like, there's certain days where it's like, I'd rather take a bullet than have to deal with emotional pain. Cause at least I know, like, I know how to handle that physical pain. It's that emotional pain that gets tough to carry. Um, you know, and I think this also kind of hits on like the whole principles before personalities thing. And I hear that phrase thrown a lot, um, thrown around a lot in service. And I think like sometimes it's people like kind of being dismissive of like, oh, you know, it's principles before personalities, um, like almost in a condescending way. Like I'm going to put my spiritual principles before your personality. But in reality, I've learned that it's like, that's a reminder. If I work traditions in addition to the steps, that's a reminder to put spiritual principles before my own goddamn personality, because sometimes I am like sandpaper on sandpaper with other people. Um, and it's a reminder that like, I still need the program because like, I still fuck things up all the time. Um, and it's like that creating damage and confusion to divert attention, um, because I judge myself. Right. And I'll, uh, I'll, I'll wrap up with this with some clean time when I'm angry or I'm depressed or I'm anxious or fearful or uncertain or untrusting, I judge myself. You know, I tell myself you've been around long enough. You shouldn't feel those things anymore. You shouldn't be angry because that person's whatever, right? Your feelings shouldn't be hurt so easily. You shouldn't take things so personally. So it can be hard for me to admit when I'm doing that. It can be hard for me to admit like, Hey, I feel really insecure right now. I feel, um, inadequate. I feel like I'm not enough. Um, but like you touched on too, just that, um, you know, having those people who can like hear those down and dirty thoughts. Cause like I can sit at the Thanksgiving table with my family and say like, Hey, I felt like stealing the whole cosmetics aisle at target. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But I, you know, I sit down at NA and I say that and people are like, fuck yeah, you belong here. Like me too, man. And it's cool. Um, so I'll pass with that. Thanks for sharing, Lisa. Lee P. Thanks, Jen. Um, <clears throat> I've got all of that highlighted too, guys. So I don't know what to say about that. Um, sisters, um, I want to go back first to the part where it says the gratitude we feel is gr it, it grows from relief and not having to use today to, and here's, here's the cold water, Eminem, a genuine appreciation for our lives as they are and as they can be, and I've said a thousand times, like if this was a podcast of situations or problems, as most people say, 
at the end of the podcast, I take mine back. I've said that a thousand times because my life is amazing. I mean, I, and it's not because I'm all that. It's because it's Narcotics Anonymous. Um, and I also have this part highlighted about how we respond. And, and at least I was giving you the thumbs up because I always say principles before my personality, I think is way more important uh, to my not flashing or <clears throat> or taking a feeling and letting it become a reality in my life. And, and I haven't had, you know, there was a couple, three or four weeks ago where I had to clean some stuff up real quick and it was easy. And I came from a place of never being wrong. You know what I mean? Um, never, never wanting to admit wrong. Like you could have me on video and I'd be like, that wasn't me. You know what I'm saying? The dude looked like me, but that wasn't me. Uh, to, to the process of the 12 steps and, and, and eight, nine and 10. And then this, I'm on nine, I'm still on nine right now with my new sponsor um, and having these, these women, like this woman from when I was, when my jump base was in England, she video called me the other day and said, oh, oh, let's get together and hang out. And I was like, ooh, that's a lot. Um, and maybe I will, I don't know, maybe I will. I don't know. Um, and again, I attribute that to this process that, that I've been given that opportunity to clean up. You know, if you'd have heard me share 10 years ago, I would say, yeah, I caused harm on other continents and I'll never get to make direct amends. So I have to continue living amends. And here I am with an opportunity to do face to face. And now I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of scared, you know? Um, I learned different ways to deal with my feelings over time. And this morning in, in my journaling, <laughs> I was writing, I, I'm always writing every morning. I wake up, I pray, I meditate, I write. Uh, and I was writing how similar some of the, uh, the things are to when I, when I buried Tim Banner. Uh, in the early 2000s. And then something else came out about how different uh, this situation is because of the, the suddenness of it. And, and I'm also having to write a letter to myself, which is the first time I've written letters to many deceased people uh, over, over my, my time. But this is the first time I'm, I'm writing a letter to myself and and I don't know if that's a why, uh, Jess, because the whys do stop making, the, the importance of the whys have diminished. And the only thing I've been able to glean from this, <laughs> this uh, plethora of, of loss is that when I have time, a long time to, to deal with the person's and their sickness, it's it's more expected, more expected and less painful. But when it's sudden and over like a three-day period, for some reason, man, I just can't shake this one. And uh, and I know it's just feelings, and I know I don't have to use, and I'm not gonna use, I'm not gonna go, you know, 
get a $2,000 a night hooker, no shit like that. Um, and I could if I wanted to, because drugs, drugs are not an option today, just for today. Um, and so, you know, like Douglas said, I'm going to go to sleep clean tonight. And tomorrow is a, is a, is a, a new 24, the clock. You know, just for the day clock is what I call it. So that's plenty out of me today, guys. I love y'all. Love you, Lee. Barb. Hey, guys. I'm Barb, an addict. Um, I like this. We can make choices in our lives today about what we do and how we respond. And that's my, what I'm working on today is responding, not reacting. You know, I'm very impulsive, fast paced. You know, I've called, I call my sponsor. My sponsor will say, Barb, you're moving fast. Slow down, you know, and th that's how I've been a lot of my recovery. So um, it's been a process for me to slow down and respond, not react. And um, I always remember that my mantra today is what Jerry used to always tell me. I work on me, you get better. I work on me, you get better. And the way I do that is to pay attention to me. And when Jane was talking, I was just interacting with my son and I'm going to another fellowship and they say awareness, acceptance and action. So I'm kind of working on those three things, you know, and, and I have to be aware that, and, and this is helping me a lot to slow down and to change my behavior. If I, if it's like, I have to get out of myself and be aware of how I'm interacting with you, you know, and what I'm doing and with my son, you know, and, and everybody, like Douglas said, everybody's my teacher. You know, if I, my son, especially he's a little mirror. You know, because he, he wants to argue. I'm like, where did he get that from? I wonder, you know, he wants to argue about everything. And then um, I get to see how I interact. If I get out of myself, our best lessons often come by looking back at our own bad behavior. So, you know, when I interact with him, when I look back at that, then I see where I need to improve. I, I see Barb, you know, and I'm not so busy judging him. I get to enjoy him because I'm, I'm looking at me. You know, and it's really cool. It really seems to be working for me. And um, I too, my feeling, my my sponsor always talks to me about um, just acknowledge the feeling and don't attach to it. You know, and that sounds so beautiful, doesn't it? You know, and I can I get glimpses of that, but a lot of times I want to attach to it. And it took me a long time. I can remember sitting in my first group in early recovery. And they'll say, and you had to check in and say what you were feeling today. I didn't have a fucking clue except rage, you know, anger you know, or happy or sad, you know, and I had to look at that little wheel to see what I was feeling. You know, today I can identify what I'm feeling and I am working on not attaching to it, just saying, oh, hello, anger, <laughs> you know, and seeing what's underneath it because it's all, they're all teachers really, you know, and then I liked what Lee was talking about. I always argue, and this is a story and this is embarrassing, but in early, it, it, well, it was back quite a few years of my night in early recovery. I had these dogs I was walking. And um, I didn't used to clean up after them. I'd walk them and they shit in this guy's yard. And this guy comes by in this big old truck and says, quit letting your dog shit in my yard. And you know what I did? Well, Lee said, I said, my dog didn't shit in your yard. You know, and I realized as soon as I said it, what past behavior, you know, looking back at our, our best lessons often come by looking back at our own bad behavior. I had to go to the meeting because I was going to an eight o'clock meeting and tell everybody, you know, this is what I did and how I, I denied it. When he saw it, I denied it. 
and then to admit that I should have been cleaning up after my fucking dogs all along, you know, that that was not responsible citizens behavior, you know, so that's been uh, my recovery, you know, so a lot of times I do learn by looking back at the mistakes or being humbled, you know, by that, because that was very humbling, and that's what you guys have taught me, to go and share it then, you know, put it out on the table so I can um, amend it, so I'm grateful to be here, thanks. Thanks so much, Barb. We keep talking about feelings. And I remember my sponsor, when I first got clean, gave me this, you know, eight and a half by 11 sheet of faces that had, you know, feeling faces with the feeling underneath it. And I was like, I still couldn't identify what the fuck was going on with me. Right. Like then it was like, well, then go get a dictionary, an actual real dictionary. I didn't have a phone to look it up on. I had a paper dictionary. I had to go get Webster. I had to look it up. And I still remember thinking to myself, like, is that actually how I feel? Like, I don't fucking know, you know, and uh, I'm so grateful for that. And I used to have that on my refrigerator and then I had it on, somebody gave it to me on a magnet and um, like, sometimes I probably still need to have it to be perfectly honest with you, but uh, I don't know what happened to it, but man, I'm so grateful for that because could not identify, could not even tell you that I was reacting to a feeling because I didn't know what the feeling was and I didn't know what the reaction was. So, you know, the growth and when I listen to all of you share about like, acknowledging that and not attaching to it. It's like, I'm so grateful for that process. Um, I really am. Um, okay. Douglas, do you want to read the next two paragraphs and share for us? Yeah, sure. Thanks. All right. We come to see our addiction in different ways and to recognize it in different feelings and behavior. Sometimes it's as simple as obsession and compulsion. We may also recognize it in the need to be in control, fear of being wrong, self-pity and self-righteousness. We can see it in other behaviors as well, including conformity, mistrust, inability to feel love or sadness, and fear of change. A member shared, I have worked the steps, and I have not worked the steps. I have experienced the consequences of both. Our willingness to pay the price for acting out on our defects starts to fade. We learn to recognize our own disease as we get better at being aware of what's happening inside us. When we are better able to look at ourselves honestly and understand how we operate, it's easier for us to accept ourselves. Honest self-assessment requires a little detachment so we can stop judging and become willing to change. Having compassion for others teaches us to have compassion for ourselves. Some of us ask ourselves how we would respond to a sponsee going through what we are struggling with. Jen, is it okay if I stop there and make some comments? Because I think the next two kind of times, okay. Right. Folks, my comments are gonna be on this is, one, this, this asking myself how I would, you know, respond to a sponsee with something that I'm going through and stuff. We do that all the time, it's really good, man. That's just really good for me to not, Lisa, you, you talk about this a lot. I'm the hardest person on myself by far, by far. Sponsor comes to me with same behavior, man. I can meet you with um, compassion, and empathy and love. And hey, man, we're, you know, this and that. But when I'm in the midst of it, man, fuck myself and everything in, it, you know, so so that's really good practice to do this. But check this out. This is awakening of my spirit right here. Page 225. Again, highlighted stars. This is beautiful. Our willingness to pay the price for acting out on our defects start to fade. That's an absolute awakening of my spirit. And if I if I throw it up against the mirror of page 80 and 81 in the basic text, food, sex, and money, here's what happens to me, man. Like with food, like if I, I will eat until I'm physically ill and then I'll eat a little bit more, I'm nauseous, I'll be buckled over my recliner. There's still times I do it, man. And check this out with spending, if I spend compulsively or I buy right in here, I have a pair of pants that I wear for work. I got every fucking color they off the, 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 that you can order off the Amazon. 
every color. I don't even wear some of the colors, not in a match with them or something like, but I had same thing with the shorts, same style of shorts. I don't want any other style of shorts. I want that style and every color they have I ain't wearing, but a gray or, or, or a, a khaki and a black pair. Don't matter, you know, spend it. And then, and then with the sex piece, the, the most relatable one, man, that I talk about is like in a period of 24 hours, if I'm masturbating more than I'm sleeping, you know, like it's, and when I, when I look at those three patterns and how, and how that defect shows up in my life, do you know what the price I pay for? I, my spirit aches. I was talking to somebody that, man, that's how I can, that's how I can, my fucking spirit aches. I don't want to pay the price, man. I just don't. And I, I so I really good. My willingness to pay the price, man, it's fading. It's just fading. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for you folks. And NA allows me to, to not want to have my spirit ache today. I just don't want, I don't want it. I'm going to pass with that, Jen. Thanks, Douglas. I think, um, you know, it talks about awareness in this book and it talks about, and I always like self-awareness is a motherfucker. And I'll tell you that because it is one of those things where I see it happening. Often I can say, I'm not going to participate in that today, but man, there are times where I am hell bent on making something happen, or I am hell bent on participating in an activity that is not going to, I'm not going to feel good afterwards, but I want it now. And, um, and I read this and, and then I think same thing as Douglas was saying, like our willingness to pay the cost, you know, uh, to experience consequences, you know, pay for that. It does lessen over time. The problem with the disease that I have, I think that we all suffer from is that I find new things that I get consequences for, right? So then I have to continue on the same path and doing the same things over and over again, um, you know, back to basics, you know, calling my sponsor, you know, you know, telling on myself when I have thoughts and actions that are, that are not um, conducive to my recovery. Um, and it's really, you know, sometimes it's really humbling, but man, sometimes it's like a huge relief, you know, like, like I don't have to live like this, right? Like I don't have to live like this. And um, man, it's, it's really fantastic. Uh, this process of recovery is really beautiful. Jessica. Um, that's, I was just thinking the same thing, like as hard as like some, my process of gaining awareness about my defects has been like the beauty of it. It's like, it's also given me a lot of hope. Like the person I am today in comparison to the person I was when I got here is so different and it's not perfect, but like, I don't know what the future could look like, but it's so much better today than it was five years ago. So I can only imagine how much better it can get. And I was thinking about like the layers that I've been able to like, look at myself and the consequences of like not acting on spiritual principles and how it affects my spirit. But I remember when I, it was maybe my first six months clean. I was after a meeting that we have out at the beach, we play volleyball and some dude was out there, came up to me and like kept hitting me inappropriately. And I was like trying to bite my tundra and then I just lost my shit. And he, and he was inappropriate back. He started yelling at me. I've never been in a fight before ever in my life but I was about to fight this grown-ass man on the beach and I was saying the craziest shit to him like like this close to his face like let's go you want to do this thing let's go and you know for the longest time I justified that behavior I was like well he was being inappropriate so that's he needs women like me to come to him and show him how he needs to treat women you know 
fast forward to like maybe like I, like year three or four and I'm driving down the road, I'm going the speed limit and some guy comes out in his yard and I'm going 25 and he starts screaming, slow down. And I was going the speed limit, but I remember looking at him and I like hit my brakes, looked at him and I was like, I was going the speed limit and I just lost my shit on this guy. Okay. And I start, I'm going to my home group. I'm on my way to my home group. And I get like, I'm not even maybe, I don't know. I'm not even a half a mile down the road. And I just start laughing at myself because I was like, that was a ridiculous reaction to what just happened. Like he was wrong, but who cares? Like I could have just kept driving and that wouldn't have even been a blip on my radar for the day, but I had to make it a whole thing, you know, and I had, he needed to know I was right and all this crazy. And by the time I got, and then, you know, I started out laughing at myself, but then I started feeling bad about the person I was. And I'm like, what is wrong with me that I can't control myself in these moments? And I felt like shit about it. But by the time I got to that stop sign, I remember thinking like, I have to go to my home group and chair this meeting. And like, I want to be of service there. I don't want to be self-obsessed sitting in that chair. I want to be there for other people when they walk in the door. And so I have to learn to let this go and hope that the next time I can act differently, you know? But like to be able to look at myself like and find some forgiveness for myself, but recognize that like even if I'm doing something that I think is justified, like it didn't feel good to blow up. It doesn't feel good to not be patient or pause or be kind to other people like that used to not affect me. But today, like that weighs on me and it doesn't really matter what other people's responsibility in that is anymore. Like. At, when I go to bed at night, I have to deal with my actions and my behaviors. Um, and then the only other thing I wanted to say is like, sometimes I don't necessarily act out on like obsession and compulsion, but I definitely will act out on like control and like fears. And like, I'll want people to do things the way that I want them to do it. And when they're not, what I want to do is say, I can't trust them. I don't, they don't belong in my life anymore. And I just want to back out of the situation. I don't even want to deal with it anymore. And like what I've had to learn over the years is really that is my disease trying to separate me from you guys. Like it wants me alone. It wants me miserable. And I have to, when I start feeling like I'm pointing the finger a lot, or I don't trust people that have done nothing but been trustworthy towards me. Like it's time for me to start looking at myself no matter or what my mind tells me, because man, I'm crazy. Like I got here and I had been lying to myself about so much for so long. And I had been the only person up there talking to me. So I was, I had myself convinced of a lot of crazy shit, you know, and like, it's taken a lot of other people's thoughts and opinions in my head to start helping me to see reality for what it is and not my reality for what I think it is, you know? And so I always need other people's opinions. Like and I'm grateful because most of the people in my life are in recovery and they want to do the things that I want to do, which is be a good person and live in harmony with this world around me and like do good things for other people. And so like, I trust when they tell me, even when it's not what I want to hear, um, I trust them enough to just believe them more than I believe my crazy self in those moments. And I'm lucky to have that. So um, that's, that's all I got on that. Thank you. Thanks for sharing, Jessica. That wraps up this week's episode. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll see y'all next week. Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. 
share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.